Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. St. Patrick, pray for us. Alleluia. Blessed Stanley Brother, pray for us. Alleluia. Father Kelly here with Spirit and Swagger. It's no random choice that I always start with the doxology, that is the glory to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and asking the intercession of St. Patrick. And today, I added Blessed Stanley Rother, which I should have done that a long time ago. First, it's no small thing to remember and honor the Holy Trinity, which is God. Protestants almost never use that formula, except occasionally during baptism, to their detriment, I think. It sounds too Catholic, but that's exactly the point. The Catholic Church retains the hefty, substantial truth. Protestantism, well, it drifts. Any slacker can drift along. It's hard work, but worth it to be stable and committed. Thus the doxology. Thus also St. Patrick and Blessed Stan. They stood for the truth, even if it was hard. They remained faithful to the end. They were awesome and tough, yet also full of love. Not machismo, but true virtue. On the first point of this episode, for you tough guys and athletes, they are good examples. But for you art majors and book lovers, too, they also have something good. Such is the Catholic way. The Catholic Church, we have to be honest, is seen often as the domain of little old ladies, where everyone just has to be nice and, and clean up everything. It's old silk flowers, musty carpets, and wheezy organ music. Unfortunately, that stereotype doesn't come from nowhere. Sometimes that's what a local church may be, but that's not what the church actually is, and not what any parish is supposed to be. We are the church of martyrs and bold evangelists, the church of the most beautiful art and most profound intellectual work in human history. My apologies, then, if you've only seen the frumpy and the bad. Please allow me to convince you of the good. Please allow me to fight against the stereotype that church is only for prudish, boring people. Unfortunately, unfortunately in the news this past week, uh, we have we had the threat, and some of it was actually carried out, of extremist groups planning violence against the church. I think not that much of it happened, but some actually did. But it illustrates the point that the Catholic Church actually means something. It actually stands for something, you might say, worth attacking. Notice that nobody attacks the Methodists. The Catholic Church is the Alabama football, the OU softball, or the Oklahoma State wrestling of religion. The one everyone is always focused on, and sometimes trying the one everyone's trying to take down. Whether you like him or not, for example, when the Pope speaks... It is news, because what the Catholic Church says, what it is, means something. You may only see old ladies and frumpy carpet on a local level, but the Church has a tough and hardy history and can't be left out of world concerns. Every tough guy needs a cause. How about an idea that's been persecuted and kicked around since its very beginning, but keeps getting back up and grows stronger the more it is abused. How about this for an example? For preaching the resurrection and eternal life, St. Paul was stoned and left for dead. Except that he literally crawls out of the pile of rocks, dusts himself off, and goes on to keep preaching in the next town. That's a tough guy right there. And he did it for the love of Jesus and the future of the church.
Or maybe you're an athlete. You are tough, no doubt, but you also recognize discipline. You get up to go to the gym. You get up early to go to the gym. You eat right. You go to practice. You focus your mind in order to win. Then it should make perfect sense to be disciplined in faith and virtue, too. Look, if you can memorize complex plays and formations, will you say that scripture is just, quote, too complicated? If you can discipline your body and mind, then surely you can handle the spiritual disciplines of fasting and prayer. You will happily battle your opponent on the field, court, or mat. Surely then you will want to battle against evil too. Christians are supposed to be known for their soldier-like dedication and resolve. St. Patrick exhausted his life, traveling in poverty throughout Ireland, contending with evil and coming out victorious. Blessed Stan fought off soldiers with his fists and took a fatal gunshot wound for love of his people. Discipline, endurance, and courage is exactly what being a Catholic Christian is about. But that is only a part. There is life off the field, too. Not everything is a battle. No matter how tough or athletic you may or may not be, what is life without good food or music? Do you want to live or go to school in a sterile concrete box, or would you rather it be a beautiful home and a classy academic building? What if there were no good stories to tell, no movies to watch, or nice places to spend your time? Life needs art and literature, and the Catholic Church knows art and literature and all those good things because she knows goodness, beauty, and truth. And the church knows goodness, beauty, and truth because she knows God himself from whom all those things come. Even a secular art critic has to acknowledge that the history of art, the contributions of the church and Catholic artists, is immeasurable. But what must be remembered is that nearly all of them, all of the art they produce, is of a genuine devotion and theological understanding. From the smallest carved statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary in some side chapel to the, to the painted ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. On the whole, these artists, even if we have to admit they weren't all saints, their art was produced out of a deep sense of Catholic understanding, a love and a wonder at beauty and the truth that comes from God. Michelangelo wasn't just a hired man who painted what Pope Sixtus told him to paint on the Sistine Chapel ceiling. No, the abundance of Catholic, philosophical, theological, scriptural, and historical references and inspirations in that painting, in the ceiling, and in the Last Judgment on the front wall, that came from Michelangelo himself. He was a man who understood and appreciated and loved those things. Now, he's, of course, he's the most prominent example, but there are thousands more. Even a little run-down chapel by the roadside in a third-world country, a little shrine to Mary or some other saint, for example, has its own sacred beauty beyond the objective skill of the builder, and this is because it is built inspired by God, who is beauty himself. Compare this to what atheism builds sterile concrete boxes or meaningless abstractions, art that's just meant for artsy people to be proud of themselves for how intelligent and artsy they are. But true art, 
goes beyond the artist, beyond the viewer. True beauty, true art, is transcendent, like religion, like faith. True art goes beyond because true beauty comes from God, who is beyond. To touch on on literature briefly, though it's a branch of art, and all that has already been said applies to it, compare the for literature, compare the shallow, narcissistic, self-help genre or novels that are written to preach a certain ideology or poetry that exalts man as the measure of all things. In the end, it all rings hollow and and falls flat compared to the great Christian and Catholic writers like C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, Augustine, Dante, and thousands more. Their work has a transcendent beauty and quality because they know the God who is the origin of not only the beauty, but word and thought. Remember, the word of God is Jesus Christ, as John's Gospel says, and the word became flesh, the second person of Trinity, the second person of Trinity, to put thoughts and to put thoughts into words is a divine thing to do. Notice that godless animals don't have thoughts or words. The Bible is holy because it is literature inspired by God. The most beautiful and important works of language and literature know and seek God, just as the most beautiful and important works of art and architecture know and seek God. If you're feeling tough and want something worth fighting for, the Catholic Church is for you. Come, defend the Blessed Mother from those who would insult her. Come, defend life from conception to natural death. Come, defend your brothers and sisters from temptation and gluttony. Come, fight for the poor, suffering, and the forgotten. Come, fight for the truth of the gospel. If you're an athlete, come, be part of the church of many of the great coaches, the church that teaches discipline, resolve, dedication, and virtue the church that values the gifts of our body along with that of spirit and heart. Or, if your heart is in the intellect and in beauty, this Catholic church is for you too. If you understand why the handmade is better than the mass-produced, and that there is significance in the little things, then the Catholic church is for you. If you want to be part of the great Western intellectual tradition, then the Catholic church is for you. Truth, beauty, and goodness are not only here, they are other places too, but they are connected here most tangibly and most powerfully. Now, I kind of focused on four specific groups of people here, the ones who kind of might be the most inclined at this point to dismiss the church because of how they see it or experience it in their their local settings. But of course, the church is actually for everyone. It has what everyone is longing for deep down, if they're willing to look. The church will make us all happy if we will let it. To conclude, let it be fully understood that I critique the old lady stereotype, but not you venerable ladies yourselves. Thank God you're here. I critique the carpet and the wheezy organ music, but not those who in good faith and good intention installed them. It was the thing at the time... But in the life of the church now, their time has passed. We are in in an intense time, and in the right way, we need a church that 
shows the intensity, seriousness, but also the joy it actually has and has had all along. If you thought the church was something less than significant, not fit for you or not fit for our times, believe me that quite the opposite is true. The Catholic Church is ever ancient, ever new, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, for all people. Come, Holy Spirit. Please subscribe and share with others, and I'll see you later.